episode 22, State Stump. I'm Merle Riedel, and you're listening to a February 14th, 2006 podcast from the Kansas State Historical Society. In this bi-weekly podcast, museum staff reveal the story behind the story about artifacts featured on the Cool Things section of our website, kshs.org. In the first half of today's episode, curator Blair Tarr tells me about a chair carved by chainsaw artist Wild Mountain Man Ray Murphy. Chainsaw artist, Wild Mountain Man. Sounds like a good idea to me. You won't believe what this guy can do with a chainsaw. The chair is carved from a chunk of cottonwood, lovingly referred to as the state stump. For the second half, Public Affairs Officer Bobby Athan tells us about an innovative publication the Historical Society is about to launch. It's so new, it doesn't even have a name, and she wants your help. Now, part one. This is a chair carved from a solid piece of wood. Um, What kind of wood is it, and where did the wood come from? Well, it's cottonwood, which is very convenient since that's the state tree of the, of the great, great state of Kansas. Uh, it came from a tree that sets just to the southeast of the south steps of the capital here in Topeka. So this was a living tree that it grew was, on the ground. It was once a living tree, yes. Uh, it's got kind of an odd story. It had been there for years. It was sort of an institution on the grounds. There's some legend that when they were building the Capitol that somebody stuck a piece of cottonwood switch in the ground and it grew from that. But the more likely story is is that it was started growing while they were building and they took steps to protect it and it the legend just went on from there. By I remember it around nineteen eighty four when it came down, there really wasn't much left of it because age had taken its toll, wind, lightning and some of us had sort of taken to derisively calling it the state stump. It really wasn't in much very <laughs> good shape at the end. <laughs> so they finally did remove it after they took a few seedlings or cuttings to start uh, another but tree. There was, there was um, theoretically or supposedly there was presidents that spoke under that tree. Is that true? I was wondering about whether they actually spoke under the tree. Usually when they spoke at the Capitol, they spoke up on the steps since you've got that level section that's about halfway up. Mm-hmm. And in fact, President Ford spoke from up there. Uh, that always seemed like the more logical place. They may have spoken under the tree. I don't know. I, didn't, I couldn't find anything to uh, support that. There's a, a descendant of the tree growing on its spot today. Is that correct? I think so. And I think there may be a few more on the grounds too. So that's where the tree came from. And then it came down and uh, and then it was felled. Um, yes. And then there was a uh, <laughs> then there was a young man that came through town that apparently was a was a sort of sculptor. He went by the name of uh, Wild Mountain Man Ray Murphy, which I saw a picture of him in a news article, and he kind of looks like a homeless guy. <laughs> um, but he sculpted with a chainsaw. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, about Wild Mountain Man Ray Murphy? Yeah, I, I think Ray. I've never met him, of course, but I. He, he obviously is a bit of one of those characters that could be interesting. And by the way, we think he's still alive. So, Ray, if you're listening, send all your complaints, rebuttals, <laughs> I was kidding corrections about the guy to thing. Merle Riedel. That's M-U-R-L-R-I-E-D-E-L. <laughs> Sorry, Ray. At the time, he was living in South Dakota, and he'd been a chainsaw artist since he was the age of 10 or in the early 50s. 
he carved just about anything. I think with a small chainsaw, he's even supposed to have carved his name on a number two pencil. That is amazing. Which must be a really small chainsaw, but it's... <laughs> or else he is very good. Uh, I think he's up in the state of Maine now, at least the last I could find anything about him. But he was apparently just going around from city to city doing his chainsaw show and carving things. And he was in Kansas City at the time the, um, the state stump, the cottonwood tree, was removed from the grounds. <laughs> and he thought it would be great to be able to carve something from what's left of the tree. So you think he approached uh, the, the Capitol people with the idea, or did somebody try I, to reach out and find him? I, I'm a little unsure which it is. The newspaper articles at the time say somebody came to his show in Kansas City from Topeka and mentioned that this, this, there was this tree on the Capitol grounds that was being removed. And uh, it's a little unclear if he approached them or if somebody actually did say, want to try carving something from this. And he took two pieces, right? He carved he carved the, the, the chair out of one, and there was another carving. Yeah, and I'm not sure if it was another chair or not. One went to the state, one went to, supposed to have gone to the city of Topeka, and I don't know what happened to the one the city got. Um, the chair, I mean, it really does kind of look like a tree stump. Yes, it does. Uh, <laughs> highly stylized and also highly varnished. <laughs> but uh, it's got some stuff, uh, some uh, images carved into the side of it. Can you tell us about the images? Well, yeah, I don't know. Well, right on the back of the chair, when you sit in it, it's got Kansas across the top, and then there is a sunflower there, so you've got the image, one of the state symbols. Another one is right on the seat of the chair. It's a meadowlark. On the back and surrounds, uh, it's got the word Land of Oz, Oz spelled A-H-S, which at that time, that was the state tourism slogan. He actually Uh seems to have got it right. The state always spelled it A-H apostrophe S, which was incorrect. He doesn't have an apostrophe there, as far as I can tell. Such a clever uh, Yeah, he, And it also has the seal of the city of Topeka on it. Now, the newspaper reports say he was supposed to do the state seal. I don't know if we got the wrong chair. This is the one that the city was supposed to get, or if he just found it easier to do the city seal than the state, since you would have to do buffalo and a lot of other things, a riverboat. And- mm-hmm. So this begs the question, of all the things Murphy could carve with this grand state house cottonwood, why did he carve a chair? Well, actually, I think it kind of makes sense because if you did see the state stump, I'm going to get in trouble for keep calling <laughs> the it that. State stump. Um, the circumference of the tree, it was big enough. And I think actually with the bark on it, you've got the actual size of the, the trunk of the tree. So uh-huh. it makes a little sense to try to make a chair out of that if the wood is right. There were a few places where it was hollowed out, as I recall, but he managed to get enough to make a chair out of it. Oh, there, is, uh, there are other things. I, I, I wish I could find proof about this because I was looking for it for the article. He will carve belt buckles out of wood. Oh, my goodness. And he will do it while the person that's being carved for is wearing the piece of wood at the location where the belt buckle will be. Oh, my gosh. Which means that this is something that takes a great deal of steady nerves on both the part of the chainsaw-er and the chainsaw-e. That's crazy. Now... And I have this memory that That's somebody, crazy. yeah, somebody here in Topeka had a chainsaw buckle carved while they were wearing the wood. And I can't remember if it was Doug Wright, who was mayor of Topeka at the time, 
or Jack Breyer, who was the Secretary of State. <clears throat> was this, excuse me, was this guy, I mean, was he a household name, the sculptor? Was he a recognized sculptor? I don't think so. I think just, he's just, you know, it's. I, I don't know if he qualifies as a folk artist or not. I guess he probably does. He, uh, and he's been doing it for over 50 years. So. <laughs> wow. Okay, so the chair, uh, after he carved it, um, so the chair was felled. I like that word, felled. The chair, uh, and then it was carved into uh, a chair, and then it was given to the Secretary of State, correct? Correct. And that all happened in 1984. Right. And the Secretary of, so the Secretary of State then had it for, uh, or had it until 1989. Uh, so that's what do you what do you think? Yeah, that's when the museum got it. What do you think the secretary did with this chair uh, for five years? At least while Jack Breyer was secretary of state, there was a room in the uh, Capitol. It was sort of a ceremonial room for special events that had early furniture that was used in the Capitol. There's a, another carved piece that a, a prisoner made years ago, an inlaid piece that has the state seal and a few other things on mm-hmm. it. And it has some of the original uh, fixtures of the Capitol in it. I think while Breyer was Secretary of State, the chair was kept in that room. Now, he left office in 87, and Bill Graves came in, the future governor. And I think it may have been removed to the cellar of the Capitol at that time. Because that apparently is what happened to it when we got it. It got t- taken down to the basement, and before they threw it out, they offered it to us. Mm-hmm. Well, that's nice of them. Yes, and since it is such an important cottonwood tree, it's natural to bring it here. Well, Blair, thanks for uh, telling us about the uh, the chainsaw chair. You're quite welcome. Kansas News and World Report, the Kansas Science Monitor. Kansas World News, or even Buffalo Chips. What would you name the Historical Society's newest publication? Public Information Officer Bobby Athan tells us about the innovative and as of yet nameless magazine. And Bobby, you're going to tell us a little bit about a new um, magazine. Should I call it a magazine? That's right. It is a magazine. A new magazine, all right. A new magazine that uh, the Society is about to launch. It's very exciting. Yeah, it is really exciting. We, um, We... produce one um, journal, it's a uh, more of a scholarly journal called Kansas History, um, and this one is going to be a lot more about um, the kinds of things that we have in our collections, um, about what we do, what people um, might not know about us. It'll mm-hmm. be a really fun magazine. Why, why do you think uh, museums publish magazines or journals? Well, there's, um, there are several reasons. Obviously, uh, with a journal, that is um, that we publish Kansas history to encourage people to do research and scholarship so they can learn new things, explore um, aspects, um, delve into areas that might not have been researched about Kansas history. The purpose of our new publication will be so that we can let people know more about what the Historical Society does. Um, in addition to the museum, uh, the we have the library and archives, historic sites. We, there's a lot of things that people might not know about us, mm-hmm. and we hope um, this will be able to show them uh, some new aspects and some fun things. Um, so it's going to represent like multiple divisions within the, the society? That's right. Which people might not know. There actually is different divisions. And it's handy because divisions don't always necessarily know what going on that's true in the we'll other all, division there's we'll just so learn. much going on okay so we got this new publication uh what's what's gonna be the name we're still working that out um we've looked at a lot of different possibilities we're, we're thinking a one word name and we've got a long list um but 
there's there's no winner at this moment um, that but we, we maybe some of your listeners would like to contribute their ideas uh, to something right. um, that might be appropriate for um, the title. Okay. Do you have do you have any pro- perspective names like oh any um, things like reflections lean? or you know something that conveys this whole um, diverse um, idea of um, what all what we're all about. At what stage is the publication? What where's it at right now? And when can you expect to see the first issue? We're still in the the writing and research and, and design um, phase. I just talked with the designer today, um, and he's going to start working out some ideas about um, what it's going to look like on paper. We're still putting some of the stories um, together. Um, we're hoping that it will come out sometime in April, late April, early May. Um, can you share the titles of some of the articles you're working on right now, or some of the sections that you're working? No. Yeah, we're, we're working on, um, on there's going to be th- hopefully three main stories in each of the magazines. First issue, the spring 2007 issue, is going to feature a story about John Fenton Pratt. He is um, he was a photographer um, that lived at Cottonwood Ranch. He actually built Cottonwood Ranch out in Studley, Kansas. That's the northwest part of the state. And I he, thought that was a sheep farm. It is a sheep farm. And a photography. He, he had a. Um, he was an amateur photographer, and he started shooting pictures in 1885. Um, wow. And um, we don't have his his camera, but we have um, view cameras from that time period. Uh-huh. And he shot um, mostly on glass slides, um, negatives, um, which we have a number of his um, slides. And he he really documented the the times. Um, in northwest Kansas at that time from about 1885 until about 1930. Um, Another one of the stories is um, on our collections from the 50s, the pink washer and dryer that we have that Mm -hmm. is a cool thing um, Mm -hmm. on our website. And um, we have some other pink appliances. A lot of times people moved into houses that that had all 50s appliances, and uh, there's a number of pink ones in our collection. <laughs> That's kind of how we ended up with those, isn't it? So people right. moved into their houses that they didn't want the pink appliances right. anymore. But it was an interesting time when, I mean, these were the first color appliances in kitchens, a, a time when people were, you know, returning from um, the war. Um, and and it, it was really an advancement in, in uh, what appliances offered at the time, and they, they promised to make life easier for people. You know, they would do a lot of things that that people used to have to do by hand and manually and interesting stories about how we came to um, have those in our collections. Mm Another one of the stories is um, letters um, that were written by American Indians um, in the um, pre-territorial time periods when they were immigrants um, brought to Kansas from other parts of the country. How how would our listeners of this podcast, how do they get hooked up with uh, with this publication? It, the publication will go to our members, the members of the Kansas State Historical Society Incorporated, and then, um, then it will also be available to people um, for free um, visiting our sites. Um, they might have, be able to find information about it online. We will also have um, a, an electronic version of it online, too. And oh, really? And they can sign up. Um, yeah, to receive a, an electronic newsletter version of it. Nice. I like that. So all they have to do is become a society member, which you don't have to be a Kansan to do, do you? That's right. Or they can just visit our website, too. Um, I'm just curious. Will there be room for advertising, mm, fun, fascinating, and cool podcasts Of course in your there will be. Yes, there will be, because the, one of the very first stories is going to feature some cool things, and we're going to talk about the, the podcasts. Nice. All right, Bobby, thanks for telling us about the new publication. Thank you. Did you hear the proposed name, Reflections? 
We gotta do better than that for this magazine's title. Send me your ideas at podcasts at kshs.org. That's podcasts with an S. That concludes episode 22, State Stump. Join me in two weeks when museum registrar Michaela Zimmerman tells me about a knife that came from the scariest hotel restaurant you'll ever eat at and was used by the scariest family you'll ever meet. Also, next week, we begin a little trivia game entitled Six Degrees of William Allen White. White was a Pulitzer Prize winning editor from Emporia, Kansas, and he knew everybody from Teddy Roosevelt to Einstein. You'll see what I mean when we begin round one. This podcast is a production of the Kansas State Historical Society. To everything turn, turn, turn. There is a season turn.